Hello, my praying people. You are listening to the Prayer Clinic Podcast, and I'm Leanne McCoy, your host. On this podcast, we're going to unpack the mystery of prayer. Along the way, your faith will be strengthened and your relationship with Christ will be taken to new levels. Prayer is the most powerful tool we have as believers, but far too few of us know where to even begin in exercising and using this powerful tool. Let's take this journey together and experience what happens when we pray. All right, so I'm so excited today to introduce to you all, my podcast audience, one of my dearest friends, Diane Nix. Diane and I have been friends, I don't know how many years, and it doesn't matter because it feels like we're kindred spirits from the beginning, sisters um, who didn't know they were sisters, that we found each other. And um, so Diane, I want to um, give you, uh, let's just let my people know who you are. You are, I'm going to call you a pastor to pastor's wives. That's who you are. You Mm -hmm. um, have and lead, founded and lead the Contagious Joy for Him ministry, where um, you all can find at contagiousjoy, the number four, him.com. And you're mission statement right there that we'll see at Contagious Joy for Him is that you are connecting ministry wives for prayer, encouragement, awareness, accountability, Bible study, and friendship. And um, that is absolutely what you do. And that's who you are Mm -hmm. to me. You are a connection in all (laughs) of those ways. Diane's married to (laughs) Preston Nix, who is a professor at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and um, I hope that she says in just a minute when I let her get a word in edgewise, that um, I hope she gets, y'all get to hear her say, you know what Preston Nix says about that, because that's (laughs) one of the funnest things that comes out of her mouth. But anyway, um, Diane's ministry includes online online Bible studies, book studies, uh, newsletters you want to, if you're a ministry wife, you definitely want to sign up <laughs> and be a part of that newsletter. Um, but, uh, she's got her own podcast called, uh, coffee chats. She does, she's spun around on a dime during this pandemic and now does, uh, some virtual coffee conferences, which are a lot of fun. I've gotten to be a part of one of those that we did for some ministry wives in Canada. And, but this is what I saved to last to tell our people that you do. Diane hosts fully raises the funds for this. This is the the most beautiful thing. These refresh retreats where ministry wives can come away from their world and the hectic part of their lives and come into a safe space that's not just safe, but she rolls out just the hospitality carpet and creates this space where um, we, I'm a ministry wife, can just let our guard down and be ministered to by the Lord, but Diane guides and leads this in such a a beautiful way. And I've been able to be a part of several of those because Diane goes to my laughing place and annually and host these retreats. And um, so anyway, it's a great thing. But here's what we're going to do with Diane today is talk about the book that she has authored. She's authored several, but this book is When God's Woman Wants to Give Up. 
and um, that book is available. You want to go grab a copy on Amazon when God's woman wants to give up. And so today we're going to talk about what it's like to be discouraged, how um, the enemy works against us to um, to try to discourage us and drive us into despair, and then how prayer and our walk with the Lord can um, carry us through that so that we can really get to a place where we can declare in loud voices, there's no quit in us. Maybe sometimes we'll have to whisper that there's no quit in us, but together we can do it. So Diane, thank you for being here with us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's everything that you said about me, I would say in reverse, I just absolutely love you. I love your heart and I I'm grateful, so grateful for your friendship and your partnership with me and ministry and in life and just being my friend. You have encouraged me in a couple of times recently where I just really felt discouraged as a ministry wife, but it's discouraged even as a parent. And sometimes we we get that way as ministry wives as we're parenting even our littles to, we think we, unfortunately, sometimes when we're younger, we go, when we parent our littles, that it's, if we could just get them grown up, this is going to be great. But I just think you and I, and I think Diane, it is for some people, but it wouldn't work out that way for us. (laughs) Every single woman I've I've had anything to do with it recently, that's not the case. I mean, we just are in a world where the attack on our family is real. So yes. I'm just grateful to be here. And I'm, uh, I'm really grateful that um, you asked me to become a, be a part of your podcast. Well, I'm excited. And we're going to have some, um, another exciting thing coming up with you and I that we'll talk about before, help us remember, we'll talk about that before we okay. get done, because we want Absolutely. our listeners, these um, prayer clinic listeners to know about that. So anyway, yeah. well, let's, um, let's jump into this. I have written on one of our prayer clinic prayer cards, and this card is actually called um, Overcoming Depression, Discouragement, and Despair. And what these are, are scripture prayers that we give out to people when they come to the prayer clinic for prayer right. that they can take with right. them. It's a tool they can use. But here's what I what I wrote, and we'll just bounce into our conversation from okay. here. One of the greatest tactics of the enemy is to discourage believers. Mm-hmm. But God's word is more powerful than any two-edged sword and can be extremely effective in overcoming depression, discouragement, and even despair. Take God at his word and trust him to empower you to overcome. So let's talk about how the enemy likes to use discouragement. And maybe you could tell us how that works in your life. How does the enemy's attack come on you to just discourage you? Well, I often say when I'm speaking to ministry wives, one, one, and it's a it's a trite old phrase, people, it's not new. It's not new to me. It's not new to anyone else. I'm the most unlikely pastor's wife. That that's the phrase. <laughs> Uh, and because there's very few percentage of ministry wives that go grow up in a world in their own little world and go, I'm going to be a pastor's wife. Now there Uh are some that know that they're going to be pastor's wives. There are women actually I've spoken to that thought they were going to be a ministry wife or in ministry with a man that was going to serve faithfully in the church. And so and then it may be not meant full-time ministry. You know, they've had okay, a, right. a different calling. So here's the thing. I did not think that ministry or this thing of Christendom would be a part of my life. And it was. 
And I have got, and I came into ministry marriage and ministry itself with a lot of baggage. So one of the mm -hmm. things that the enemy has always used against me is that you don't really belong. Oh, you don't yeah. really belong. You don't really know what you're doing. If yeah. they really knew who you were, mm. if they really knew who you were, mm. or sometimes people are betray have betrayed me, you know, friends mm. in the church that I thought that would never happen. And I'm not saying that I was blameless in any situation. I'm saying that it just catches you off guard or yeah. unfortunately in ministry time after time. And even those women who are listening to us, who are prayer warriors and intercessors, the attack on your family, or you find out that you've been betrayed by the one that's closest to you. And that might be your man. Mm -hmm. And so you're just devastated by uh, this is someone you've shared life with. And so how he discourages me, the biggest place mm -hmm. that he discourages me is you don't belong. You don't belong yeah. at the table. So that's, that's like the biggest a, thing. And, and that's a, that's a something from the inside of you. That's not something that is um, triggered from the outside, but it, it's like inside. And therefore, is this the case with you? Like this happens to me too. If it's inside of me, then I, I watch the things outside of me and analyze them with that lens. And so sometimes things that happen outside of me either trigger that, that rub Absolutely. or they um, actually kind of reinforce what I think I already am thinking inside. Exactly. And I think that for, for all of us as ministry wives and ministry leaders and prayer warriors, because this is all about your prayer clinic, what we mm -hmm. end up doing is not taking the thoughts captive to the Lord out okay. of second Corinthians time, uh, chapter 10. And we don't uh -huh. ask the Lord to show us the root of that thought. And we don't Ooh. say, Hey, listen, where's that coming from? Where mm -hmm. is and see my message, uh, you don't belong at the table, you don't belong in this place, comes from a place of shame, rooted in shame, mm. because of the things that I brought into uh, ministry. And so shame is a huge, in fact, I have a friend that you and I both know and love, who is an intercessor and a coach, and that's Maureen Gray, you know her through me. Mm -hmm, uh, and mm -hmm. uh, let me share something she said, shared with me about Shame. She, I, I loved this, uh, this, this word that she gave me. Let me quit my mail. I'm sorry about that. Uh, she said, uh, "Shame is a total, totalitarian government in our life." Now, mm. I had a struggle saying that word, but I want our, our listeners to listen to that. Shame is a totalitarian government in our life. And I just think that sometimes what we have happened to us is we, we're ashamed of what, how we've acted. We were ashamed of how we've responded. Or if we have rejection, the same thing. Any mm, kind of rejection mm -hmm. in our life could be rooted. In, and the enemy mm. will come, not because mm -hmm. he can read our minds, but because mm -hmm. he wants to come just, uh, in um, maybe what we've spoken, <laughs> A mm -hmm. lie that we've believed as truth about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then when we don't identify that root of where it was, where it comes mm -hmm. from, that lie, I don't belong at the table and it's rooted in shame. If we don't do that, mm -hmm. then when it comes and it begins a loop, so some mm -hmm. of our younger listeners will understand 
that mm-hmm. terminology better than some of uh, others of us, that mm-hmm. loop that mm-hmm. plays over and over and yes. over in our brain. And we just yes. want to sit down and give up. And so you and I have to go, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's a lie. I'm going to take right. that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is a lie. And speak it out that it's a lie. Don't just go, you know, this is not that big a deal. It's all true or retreat or I don't know about you, but generally speaking, women retreat. Yeah. We retreat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We retreat into our cocoon. We think mm-hmm. we're not worthy. And it's just as it's as Jenny Allen calls it in her study called Get Out of Your Head. She calls it a spiraling down. Mm-hmm. We just spiral down. And then mm-hmm. we're going to want to give up. We're going to want to quit. If you stay there too long, you will quit. Yes. So let me, I've been, I've been taking notes while you're talking, Diane, and you have talked in a very logical um, pattern. And so I want to share with them what, uh, um, what I've written down that makes it very, very easy to track with you. One is you said that when discouragement comes our way, that it's very important for us, one, to identify the root. And that root for you being shame, for many being shame, it could also be rejection. What are some other kind of roots that when uh, people could be dealing with? Well, he comes to discourage us for rejection, insecurity, unworthiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, He comes to us through abuse, any form of abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse. Um, If you've been, uh, and, and some of our listeners will understand this term, some will not. If you've been gaslighted by anyone where Mm -hmm. you've, you're always made to feel like the wrong one. Yes. It's always your fault. The other way he comes to discourage us is um, our own unrealistic or what I would not say unrealistic Mm. because usually they're realistic, but Mm -hmm. our own unmet expectations yes what we set up for ourselves it may not be something necessarily really bad it just might be a situation where we have we expect god i think that this this is a huge one that i'm teaching on right now and i'm writing on some things right at at this past month but and i actually taught on it but i've just touched the hem uh, Mm -hmm. of this teaching and that is our expectations in this north american united states church and that is we do one two three and obedience equals god's going to give me what i want right 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 and that is simply not true that is setting us up to be um discouraged uh, and want to give up Yes. Uh, I mean, I went, I've, I've been walking through something that my expectations were this. Now, yes. I don't know what God's going to do at the very end of this whole situation we're walking through right now. And there'll be another time that we can talk maybe about just this mm-hmm. entire journey. But the reality mm-hmm. is I sat down and had a little panic attack mm-hmm. with my husband. And I said, what mm-hmm. am I going to do? What am I going to do? We've worked for three years. We thought that this is it. We believe we've heard from God. We've We've been obedient. I couldn't have worked any harder. I've, I, I, I've thought that this is what he said. And he said, mm. you know what we're going to do. I said, mm. I don't know. He said, you know what you're going to do. I took a deep breath. 
And at this moment, to your listeners, I would say this, you and I either make a decision at some point in our lives that even through discouragement, you're not going to quit. Yeah. Even if you feel like it. Now, we don't dismiss our feelings. We don't press in and say, that doesn't matter. It's okay. I'm fine. We don't do that because that's really not healthy for us emotionally. Right. God made our emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. But I took that deep breath. And he just sat there and hold, held me. And I said, I'm going to continue doing what God has called me to do because he's affirmed everything else. This is just not yeah. the way I thought it was going to the end. I, I, I thought this I other, that. this is not the direction or this is not the one. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so, I hear you. And that's so, where you get to, there's no quit in me. There is no quit. And you realized it. God already knew it was like that, but you realized it. And now after you made that decision, you had that deep breath. I mean, a lot of the disappointment that preceded that I'm sure still continues to linger, but was there a sense of of a spiritual victory over the enemy at that point? I think there was, there was almost, you have to understand though, I have people say to me all the time, in fact, you and I've been, and our, our denominations convention where I do an expo for women. And I brought a team one year that really, I just wore them out. They just said, we don't even know how you do this. You just work circles around us. So my temperament, my personality, and, and that's going to depend how God is wired you. Not everybody's going to respond mm-hmm. like I respond, but my upbringing has always been pull yourselves up by the bootstraps and mm-hmm. keep on going. Now, here's mm-hmm. the thing that I've learned in wisdom. Yes, there was a victory, but that same person that admonished me and gave me the word on shame, uh, just speaking how strong shame can be is the same person that said to me, Diane, lean deeply into the father and grieve mm-hmm. this process. That's good. That's so good. I love that because I think that when we have spiritual victory, we think we get up and we just move forward. And when we yes. don't quit, it means that we just charge on. Well, that is foolishness. That is really foolishness. So yes, a sense of victory of taking the thought captive. But I had someone that's involved in this process ask me the question. So Diane, what are you thinking? What direction are you thinking? And I said, I'm not thinking any direction. Mm -hmm. I'm praying. Mm, That's good. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking God to give me direction. That's where Mm -hmm. we get in trouble. And that's really what happens to us as believers. Well, God closed this door. Then what am I going to do? yeah and then we rush on yeah and then Mm -hmm. we rush on Mm -hmm. instead of taking a moment maybe maybe if it's a situation where it involves multiple people you sit and you gather people around you and you pray and you ask God to heal everyone's hearts and or and if for me it involves my husband we're a project we've been working on for three years believing that this was this was the the way we were to go. I mean, so mm-hmm. much so we have made some life altering decisions. You and I've talked mm-hmm. about that generally. And I mm-hmm. could say that we need to grieve that process, but we right. also know it it that these kind of moments 
test what we really say we believe right about our father yeah do we yes. believe that he is yes. going to take care of us right right do we believe right. that now i remember the first time that i taught when god's woman wants to give up uh, there was a, a ministry wife that was new to the church that where i was teaching this at and she was um she was there because of a horrific affair that her husband had had after being married for 20 years and she was at the church trying to heal and i was teaching when god's woman wants to give up and the wound was so deep she couldn't believe anything i mean mm. she was just gut punched and I mm -hmm. think that we need to, to acknowledge that sometimes people want to give up because the, the attack on them is from outside, physically from another person. They cannot control anything that that other person has done. Mm -hmm. And they have been, they are affected and infected by mm -hmm. this person's emotional, uh, sinful behavior and now they've got to pick up the pieces they've got to right. pick up the pieces and go forward and they need time to heal and they are shattered in their belief system because yes. everything that i said about job and job's wife and what they lost she would challenge me on everything and i remember when she would raise her hand and say to me uh, ask a question it was really it was it made everybody in the room kind of go Ooh. <laughs> yeah really hard and it was coming from really a wounded place and today she's serving in a church in houston mm. uh, ministering to women in divorce care and other singles that have been in general situations um, like herself at varying mm. degrees and I'm looking at her going, he didn't quit. That's but she so took beautiful. a moment at the church and God gave her a job. And her daughter was a teenager, graduated from high school, uh, not with my girls, but in the same uh, area. And mm -hmm. um, and she's moved on. And, and God that's continues. beautiful. And you see, that's the choice we have to make is if when we are yes. discouraged, when the enemy comes against us, when the circumstances are overwhelming, we can choose either to press into the God who loves us and, and then begin to deep dive into all that he's got for us in that very painful place, or we can throw our hands up walk away question or you know for most of us because we've already had a meaningful relation with god it's not as simple as just walking out the front door and slamming it shut it's it would be a very messy walking away first we're haggling right. with our doubts and boy does the devil love to just camp out there and just really make that bigger and bigger and then we can get swallowed up by that if we don't take those thoughts captive and then after he's after he has really damaged our heart so tremendously where our faith in God is concerned, we then can very sorrowfully turn from God and, and walk away defeated. And what could have been a deep growing and learning and a whole new level of experiential love of God instead becomes a terrible, painful, 
divorcing of the very lover of our soul, just depending on which decision we make. The decision Absolutely. we make regardless of our feelings. Exactly. Like and that's here, the thing. Here, here's where I find that our younger generation is that, and even women listening right now in our own prayer journey, is that when these kind of catastrophic things happen, we want to blame God. And I'm just yes. going to say this to your listeners. I have lost a child. I've been sexually assaulted more than once. I have lost all my material goods twice in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not speaking. I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not lifting myself up here. Leanne. Right. I'm right. saying I'm speaking you. from a point of I, I have been betrayed by friends that I thought if you had told me that my the, the, these particular friends would have ever turned their back on me. Again, I'm not saying I was blameless in the situation, but I would have said, no, that will never happen Mm -hmm. because of life and ministry we've done together. I'm not saying I'm blameless. What I am saying is I'm speaking from a a point of experience and I understand catastrophe and I understand pain and Mm -hmm. I under, I have, I've almost died I have fought boils. Um, in fact, uh, the last this last week, I've had another boil on my body where I have infection and it gets in my bloodstream. I, I understand mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. discouraged. And yes. so what I want to say to our younger listeners is you cannot absolutely erroneous theological thought that God will come and bring this catastrophe on us. It's all God's fault. It's all God's right. fault. Somebody did something to us where yeah. God will not impose his will, his perfect will on another individual. When it involves another individual, he will not impose his perfect will on, on someone else's life. Right. Every one of us right. gets to make a decision whether or not we're going to be controlled by the Holy Spirit or yes. whether or not we're going to be controlled by our own flesh or even the enemy. We live yes. in a fallen world. Now, God does allow certain things, and I don't even understand all of that theology, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you that part of it is what he has set up and Mm -hmm. the whole economy since the garden, since sin Mm -hmm. entered in, Mm -hmm. since that time. So what happens is we get in trouble when we focus on the things below. So if I decide to focus just on this thing Uh, that is not playing out for me and I focus on those things below I my identity your identity our listeners identities become all about the events those material things and the people in our lives and then that robs us and it robs us of our hope and when we lose our hope we lose our joy Mm-hmm. And when we lose our joy, we lose our strength. Yes. Because I want to go back to, yeah. I want to go back to 810. Oh, good girl. You even got the reference right there. <laughs> well, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength, That's good. not the joy of my uh, successful ministry, not yeah. the joy yeah. of my successful or great yes. circumstances. So that is an American yes. church uh, mentality that if everything's going well, but it's not just an American church. I mean, Job's friends treated him that way. So go back to what you were saying. Okay. I, I so, uh, several you. things I want to No, No, you are, you're, 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 you are waxing eloquent, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> so several things I, I, um, 
I, I want to say the funny thing first. Dagum, why did God have to call you to write a book on Job's wife? <laughs> oh, listen, <laughs> you know what? I felt for years that Job's wife was getting a really bad rap. We've always yeah. looked at her like this horrible, <laughs> sinful woman, and she is not. She is yeah. so like all of us. Oh, she's I just mean, think real. About, yeah. I, listen, what did she lose? She lost her children, her home, her position, her status, her material goods, her identity her security she lost her hope that's the yes. reason she said what she did to yes. Job and she yes. didn't have the Holy Spirit nor did she have the revealed word of God so <gasps> really think about where right. she was she yes. only we need had to have the a little spoken yes. oh yeah because it's the yeah. oldest book in scripture it's 4,000 right. years old they just yeah. had the verbiage uh, yeah. of, of you know of what had been traditionally shared at that moment so yeah. uh, hello, we need to be kind right. to her. Right, absolutely. <laughs> well, I wanted to go back. The one little thing I wanted to pop in there in the in the middle of that, which was so good, what you were saying about it not being God's fault. Whatever catastrophe has happened, how we we don't our theology is is a little mistaken if our first go to is it's God's fault. And I have to confess that I it is sometimes my first go to because I have such a huge. Um, understanding of the sovereignty of God. And so Absolutely. because God is sovereign, he can do anything. He can change anything at any time. Then a real hiccup in a way that the enemy will discourage me in my praying is say, well, look what he did or look what he allowed to happen. How are you going to reconcile that? And um, I read recently in a book that uh, Pete Gregg wrote, it's called um, Let's see. I get the title wrong all the time, but I'll, I'll add it in. It's a prayer for, wait, I have it right here. A simple guide, how to pray, a simple guide for normal people. Isn't that a great title? But in this book, <laughs> and I'm not sure I can title. find the exact quote, but I'm giving Pete credit where credit is concerned. He's talking about, um, how free will and prayer impact each other, which is always a subject that we have to address when we're wrestling with prayer and learning to pray and that kind of thing. And what he was saying is that God is not a dictator. Instead, he just, he does not function with us in that way. That's not the, like you said, the way it's all works together. He's not a dictator. Instead, he's a guide. He's a He's a consultant. He is, and it's to the degree that we invite his uh, authority in, is to the degree that we lean into his authority that his rule, that, that his purpose will rule and reign. And so when we're not leaning in, he's not, he's not, um, he's allowing us to do whatever we're doing and he's allowing other people to do the same thing. And that's why these things happen. And I, I was thinking about that and I was thinking because God is even the scripture has taught us this in Genesis. He says, I'm giving you dominion over everything else. That was authority. He, he gave the authority to us rather than him keeping it for himself in his sovereignty things would have worked out much better had he kept authority with himself and just allowed us to happily wander about underneath that. But he wanted to give us the, the full ownership of our life, of our world, of all these things. I mean, what a tremendous gift. 
And then again, in Matthew, when Jesus was leaving the great commission with us, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth, I am giving to you. So again, he reinforces that the authority has been given to us. And that is a great reminder that in circumstances, God does not dictate. He merely he guides, he leads. The one way I've said it before is God is a gentleman. He waits to be invited in. Now that is not, and any of these statements I'm making are not all the time because who can contain God, right? Like he's not always the same all the time. I mean, he is always the same all the time, but he doesn't always uh, respond in every situation the way he did the time before or whatever. So they um, great stuff. Okay. I want to get back. I want to make sure my listeners, if there's anybody like me out there, that's like, Leanne started giving me a list and she didn't get back to it. I want to jump back. Oh in yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. The first Please thing and we got, off, we got off on step one, <clears throat> identify the root. The second thing you said is um, after you identify the root, the root being shame, rejection, insecurity, whatever the root is, that's at the source of that, um, that discouragement. Like, um, yeah, and, and once you identify the root, then you you said, the next day statement is, once you've identified it, say, that's a lie. You are not that. That shame mm-hmm. is not yours. You, mm-hmm. um, that rejection is not who you are. And so first, say that that's a lie. Agree in your spirit, it's a lie. But then number three was, I think this is very important. You said, speak it out loud speak out loud that it's a lie. And I love this. And I I wouldn't mind us unpacking that just for a minute is why is it important to speak out loud this truth that we have revealed in our spirit? Like, um, yes, the root of what's holding me back or that's discouraging me is shame. And I agree that's a lie. And you could do that in your quiet time, just you and God. Why is it important to say it out loud? Well, because... Satan is not, not omniscient and yes. he is not omnipotent and he is not a person who hears your thoughts. And so sometimes if we have believed a lie for a length of time, it's not that he comes and possesses us. He comes in way of sending an emissary to mm. oppress us and mm. to make certain that that lie stands mm-hmm. in, in, in our um, states as the central truth of our heart mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the other thing so so a couple of things on <clears throat> but the other thing that satan does is in that process he reiterates uh that lie over and over and over again until we believe it as truth about who we mm-hmm. are So psychologists today call that self-talk or just Mm -hmm. your soulish talking to yourself. And Mm -hmm. and, and so there's two two things. Number one, you bring it to the light. What Preston Nixon, I say, bring it to the light. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Bring it to the light. When you bring it out into the open, when you speak it out loud, sometimes just by a very thing of speaking it out loud, you go, well, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's really dumb. Mm-hmm. And when you say this is a lie and you say it out loud, this is a lie. I'm not going to believe this anymore. 
I'm going to stand on the truth of God's word. We take the thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we yes. say to the enemy, you don't have power over this in my life any longer. Then, yes. then we get into the brain science. Then brain yes. science is so important for us because we know that it takes, um, uh, it takes, you know, uh, 30 days to establish a routine. Well, when you lay down a lie for a long period of time, it creates a grid or a groove in your brain. Mm. And then like blinking or breathing that we don't even think about that. But when we have believed a lie about ourselves, <laughs> we identify that root and we repeated it to ourselves long, long time ago, it becomes the default. Yes. Yes. And so not only does the emissary have some, the emissary from the, the evil one have ground to keep that lie going in our heads but then yes. our own flesh speak that as if it's truth over us yes and even though it might be a lie we yes. empower it in our own flesh so us to speak out the root this is a lie and then yes. to begin to lay over will make a difference in whether or not we quit yes or whether or not we continue Yes, I love that. And I love that um, that whole brain science and retraining the brain and the, and the mm. New Testament has so much to say about yes. setting your mind on things above, about, uh, about having a mind that is set on Christ, having the mind of Christ and developing that in us. And so that is um, such a huge part. Okay, so one, identify the root. Second, I, I agree that it's a lie. Establish that it's a lie. Three, speak it out loud. You're, you're bringing it to the light. You're retraining the brain. And then right. four was decide there's no quit in me. And then following mm -hmm. that decision, you had several powerful don'ts. One was don't retreat, don't give up. Another was don't dismiss those feelings. And that I want to talk about just that. And then we'll begin to wrap this up because I want you and I to have just a minute to tell my listeners what we've got coming up this summer. But um, I want to talk about uh, did uh leaning deeply into the father and grieving. I'm, I'm just, I took notes and I'm writing down mm. what little snippets I heard you say, because I think this is so important. Yesterday at church, another father who's a dear friend, he and his wife are dear friends of ours. And we both have children the same age and our children like yours, uh, Diane and I, for our listeners, we're both at pretty much the same stage of life with young adult children, just getting going on their you know, their adult lives. And we're also in that space of who knew that parenting <laughs> would be a whole new experience with kids that are adults. But he came to me just in, a, in tears in his eyes, bemoaning something that he was about to be uh, a season he's most likely going to be moving into if God doesn't do a radical change in the heart of his son, you know, miraculously soon. And ironically, Diane, and you'll understand this, he said, my wife and I don't want to start walking your walk. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, you don't. So with that said, that's probably enough said about that. But um, I said to him then, I said, you know what? We need to have a gathering, a prayer gathering where we can just lament. In the Bible, we have a whole book called Lamentations. There's something that we think it's unspiritual or unfaithful to just 
be honest with how it feels and to let that be okay to cry out and to moan and to groan and it's actually a, a constructive thing not a not a bad thing so let's let's talk about that just for a minute what are your thoughts on that lamenting well, and pressing I mean, into god to grieve well i think that for us to walk around saying oh it's just great it's just mm -hmm. wonderful i've got i'm bleeding <laughs> and oozing we would never expect anyone that has a physical wound to go i'm just wonderful i'm dying of cancer but i'm just great <laughs> we right would never, we would think let's put the person in a mental institution right they're not yeah. dealing with things in an accurate way um and um but we have sometimes have this idea that as parents or as women we have done everything we can do so therefore god should bless us and when it turns out it's not great or we need to grieve a loss um or we need to um and really and truly that is it's just a part of our false pride i mean yeah. I, I, false excuse me false humility and yes. what we what we say um is we you know we believe god we believe well we can believe the lord but if mm -hmm. you'll remember in the book of job and you said you mentioned lament mm -hmm. job mm -hmm. made his arguments known to the lord and in mm -hmm. fact he said though you slay me will i trust you okay that yeah. we can handle but yes. we never quote the rest of the verse and i think i think it's job 13 15 where he says nevertheless i'll make my arguments known to you <laughs> that's good yes yes we always go no you slay me will i trust you and we're like yes that is the kind of christian i'll make my arguments known to you mm. that mm. is the tone of that verse yes. like, a, a, like yes. an attorney pleading yes. his case before heaven the high court of heaven and i think yes. that when we saw start looking and in the psalms and lamentations psalm 71 20 is another one of my favorites you have shown me many troubles and distresses yeah you will revive me again and, and will bring me up again from the depths of the earth psalm that 138 is. 7 though i walk in the midst of trouble you will revive me you will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. Powerful. Powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And then and Paul, I'll tell you, go, go ahead. ahead. Go. Keep, no, you keep well, going. I, I, I'm I writing just, these just, verses down. I'm thinking of Paul and we forget, and I've said this, I said this Saturday on a coffee conference that we were, that I was hosting for the Stater and uh, for um for for that kind of uh for this holy week that we're recording this this mm -hmm. podcast philippians mm -hmm. 1 12 through 14 now i want you to know brethren that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel mm -hmm. so that my imprisonment in the cause of christ has become well known throughout the whole praetorian guard and to everyone else and that most of the brethren trusting in the lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. And when I, the statement that I made is that if Paul was on Twitter today, we would kill him or we would dismiss him because he was in prison 
And there must be something wrong with that man that he would have to be kept imprisoned mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. don't understand the life of Paul. We don't mm-hmm. understand what it looks like to live in those kind of places and yet realize in the hardship of places and then say, but I'm not going to give up even in the hardest of place. In fact, I'm going to write most of the New Testament or I'm going to keep writing <laughs> churches. Right. I'm going to keep writing to the churches that God has put in charge of me. That's I right. am going to be as zealous right. as I right. was at, yeah. uh, lost. I'm going to be as no. zealous as I am saved because I yes. know what he did for me. Yes. And I don't understand it. I don't understand this way. I don't understand why I have to do. And really, this is all about surrender, Leanne. It it's is. All it's all about, about surrender. surrender. It is all about, and trust, and the fact that, absolutely, uh, because surrender, we surrender because we trust the goodness of God. And, you know, as you say that, by the way, you were right about Job 13, 15, though he slay me, I will hope in him. Nevertheless, I will argue my ways before him. That is a beautiful verse that really sums up what, what we're saying in this particular thing. You've got absolutely. my, you got my rallying juices going. When I, um, first pitched my proposal to write Spiritual Warfare for Women, I pitched it with the title, Bring It On. I'm a pastor's wife. No, I, I'm, a, I'm a woman of God. I've got five smooth stones and I'm not afraid to use them. Bring it Amen. on. That was what I wanted. <laughs> well, as I wrote the book and as I've lived some life during these past 10 years since that book was published, um, I, I really have said, whoo, Leanne, that was a little bit of uh, newbie ambition there to actually holler out into the spiritual realm, bring it on. But sometimes, or even today, I waver between, you know, whispering barely out my I'm not gonna quit. There's no quitting me. And then on the flip side saying, all right, I got this, bring it on. You know, I just waver between the two. But that leads me into what I want to tell our listeners that you and I are cooking up. I'm so excited about this. We're going to, um, together on both of our platforms, do a summer, what are we gonna call this? It needs to be like a summer something. It's gotta be called something fun. Maybe it'll be a bring it on summer. I don't know. (laughs) We need, we need to, um, Leanne, I don't know. We're going to have to brainstorm about this. Yeah, we'll you and I, because we so can go. If any of y'all have some ideas and you want to. But it has something to do with five to smooth stones and I'm not afraid to, to use, use them. them. Are, That's right. We're going, we are yeah. sincerely going to give, hopefully our women, uh, the listeners t- uh, of our podcast, the tools in their tool belt to never quit. Oh, bless you. Never yes. give up. That's right. That is what we're going to do. It's going to be like a seven, uh, seven set series that we're going to record and do together. We're going to have some fun things that go along with it, some freebies that we're going to give out. And so we're going to have a lot of fun with that this summer, I think. So, um, I think anyway, so too. I'm excited about it. Looking forward to it. And now that we've said it, Diane, we are committed, right? We're, we're being we're accountable. That's what your goal is. Make us accountable to each other. We're fully so, committed. Right, we are we not going to give up. We're going to do this. We are There's going no to quit in us. <laughs> We'll get it. Well, Diane, what a privilege it's been 
to have you with me. I, this has been so much fun. Would you mind just I love praying? you, my friend. I love you mm. too. Would you mind praying and closing out for our for our listeners today? I absolutely will. Thank you so much. Mm. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to be with a like-minded friend who mm. is an iron sharpening iron moment for us. And as um, the women listen to this podcast, may they make a decision with your help, Lord, I'm not going to give up. Yes. but I might make my arguments known to you. Mm-hmm. And so father, I just pray that as we continue never giving up, having a, a, an attitude and uh, of that we would really understand that even as we make that statement, and even as we, um, we say, bring it on, we understand that unless you carry us through, we can't make it. You are our That's breath. Right. You're our life. You sustain us. You give us strength. And so we surrender all to you, Father. We surrender every single parts of our lives to you. And we say, even if we wrestle it out with you before you, making our arguments known to you and lamenting to you and weeping and crying out for things that have not turned out like we thought they should. Father, we don't say why. We say what. What do you want us to do? What do you want us to do with our journey? What do you want us to bring, do to bring you more glory? And Father, we ask you to fill us with your joy and your hope because that is our strength. We love you. We honor you. We count it a privilege to serve you and to be women after your heart. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Diane. And to our, to my listeners, I want to encourage you to, if you have listened to this podcast, there's no doubt that you know several people who are discouraged, who need to hear this conversation that we've had so that they also can, um, have the Holy Spirit stir in them. There's no quit in me. So please share this podcast with your friends. Um, Let us know that you liked it by giving us a a good rating on our podcast and and subscribe if you haven't already. And then also I want to encourage you to visit Diane at Contagious Joy, the number four, him, contagiousjoyforhim.com. And um, also go and get her book, so that you can hang out with Job's wife a little bit more <laughs> when God's woman wants to give up. And um, if you don't need it, I know you know somebody who does. So order that book today for yourself or a friend. In fact, just get a few of them and, and get those out there. So Diane, thank you. Thank you again thank so you. much for being with us today. You're welcome. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Prayer Clinic Podcast. For more information on my speaking and writing ministry, go to leannemccoy.com. To learn more about the Prayer Clinic ministry, go to prayer.clinic. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe. We'll see you next time, my praying people.